Taylor. And we're, we're the, the Barclays. Barclays. And this is our podcast on politics, culture, religion, and all of our opinions, hopefully well-informed opinions, on all of the above. Recorded ravings. <laughs> yes, two very tired parents just sharing our guts here. Um, so this week we are <laughs> departing from our kind of normal shtick and we are talking about the holiday this weekend, Easter, and what it's all about, the resurrection. Um, so, you know, just light topics like that. And from one <laughs> controversial topic to a non-controversial topic, gun control to the resurrection. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we'll we'll get into another controversial topic that led us both to think about why the resurrection is so important and what we believe about the resurrection is important. So with that, I'm going to kick it to Taylor to start us off. Yes, I think one of the, the holiday obviously prompted this discussion, but also recent events, uh, church events. One of them was the recently released Gallup poll tracking for the first time. Church membership in the U.S. is below 50% of the American population. So below majority. Yes, below majority. And these are, I guess, people who just answered the question, are you a member of a church? And hmm. they said no. So only, I think it was 47%. Hmm. Somewhere around there said they are members of a church. Which kind of tracks with other trends about institutions generally right. falling. The rise of the nuns. Not N-U-N. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the nuns aren't rising. <laughs> God help us all if they are. Yeah, the uh, unaffiliated, the non-affiliated, the nuns. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get the flying nuns out of my head now. <laughs> the nuns are rising. So Save anyway. yourselves. <laughs> so yes, that that is one trend that kind of hit the news this week. Um, another really sad kind of series of events recently this year that... Um, have really stunned many people in the church of a faith um, background has been the fall of kind of two or the scandals in two mm -hmm. places, particularly. I mean, there have been others, but these two were pretty, pretty rough. Um, the most recent that has come to light is about this Christian summer camp, Camp Canacook, that this charismatic leader um, was found out to, and, and he was found out in 2009, mm -hmm. but it is just kind of coming to light because of non-disclosure agreements. But this camp counselor um, was found to have molested several young men, boys. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, boys. Yeah. Sexually assaulted them. And it just uh, terribly sad. I mean, I know many people who have gone to, went to the summer camp growing up. Um, and, you know, as teenagers really got to know the gospel and the heart of the gospel and mm -hmm. have wonderful memories of this camp and to have this charismatic leader who everyone in that kind of sphere knew, um, to have just been leading this kind of double life and doing these reprehensible things that I think he was sentenced to serve two, two life terms. Yeah, yeah, just terrible, terrible. 
then of course the other one is um renowned evangelist and um a man who was an apologist which means you know being able to answer mm-hmm. reasonable questions about the faith uh ravi zacharias had mm-hmm. a big worldwide like global ministry spoke around the world and led many people to the gospel mm-hmm. uh was found out and in he passed away mm-hmm. and after he died it was uh it came to light that he had been had many sexual abuse scandals with women um, mm-hmm. in his massage places that he owned. Yeah, it's unclear, like spas weird. that he owned, yeah. which it's strange now looking back, why did he own all these spas? Yeah. And um, yeah, lots of evidence of many different women. So just heartbreaking um, to think that these people led these double lives. Um and you know Taylor and I have talked about. We were talking the other well, day. Well, not only led double lives, but like, like opposite, like lived one life that was completely opposite of the other life they were preaching and teaching about. Right, Christ. Isn't that the definition God. of a double? Oh, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> but yes, they they were preaching one life, and then well, I guess leading was, a different life. Yeah, the term can yeah, like it was terrible. Yes. Like they were. Yeah, actively abusing children and women, and then with the other side, yeah, preaching a message. Right, that was, that was completely opposite. So, yeah, in so many ways, it was counter to the message that they were preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people see this and they question does their faith even, I mean, does it hold water when, yeah. when people like this have, are doing something so terrible that are leaders in the faith? And Taylor, I think you brought up and we were talking about, you know, can you imagine the people that Ravi Zacharias led to faith that maybe died 10 years ago, they're in heaven and they're watching and saying, what on earth? Like this, this is the guy who introduced me to Jesus Christ Right. (laughs) and he is doing this terrible thing. I mean, what must that be like? Yeah. I mean, sobering, like the biggest wake up call of wake up calls. Yeah. So shocking, stunning, um, and I really, we uh, love the pastor, theologian, leader, Russell Moore, and he wrote an article about this, about when your faith is shaken, and he's, I'm going to quote him here um, in response to these scandals. Your salvation and discipleship are not dependent on whether the preacher from whom you heard the gospel is genuine but rather on whether the gospel itself is genu- is genuine, and it is. And so that's what we want to kind of get into today. Um, it doesn't matter what these fallen people have done. That's not what matters to your salvation. I mean, it matters. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't matter to your own salvation. What does matter is, is Jesus Christ said, is who he said he was, mm-hmm. and is the rec- resurrection true? Right. So how do we get to that? <laughs> Why do we believe that? I think there are, we just want to brief, briefly run over some of the reasons to believe the resurrection happened in history. I think there are a couple ways to, to approach it. There's been vast amounts of literature written on this. Recommend it all. <laughs> um, we can maybe list some books in the email to follow up. But want to start with... Dating, so the earliest record that we have of accounts of the resurrection 
is actually in a letter to the Corinthians written by Paul, 1 Corinthians um, in chapter 15. There's the earliest, what scholars think is the earliest known account of what Christians believed. So the, the letter is dated around 53, 54 AD, but it was believed, I think it's, there's pretty good evidence that Paul visited Corinth in 51. And, and when do we say that Jesus lived? Oh, and Jesus lived for uh, around like zero to 33 or depending on who you ask, like negative two or negative two, <laughs> two BC <laughs> to like 31 AD. Okay. Um, but in first Corinthians, this Paul in chapter 15, uh, he quotes what scholars believe was a hymn or some sort of creed at the time where in verse three, he says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. So... There, there's like a bunch of things to unpack there, but how early it likely was formed. So it's estimated that this was some sort of creed or hymn. So hmm. if Christ died around 33, 30 AD, uh, it's very probable that this was, you know, recited as, you know, late as like the thirties hmm. or as early as the thirties, if not in like the forties. So then Paul would have taken it during his visits with the apostles in Jerusalem and you know pass this on hmm. to the church i think the other core thing too that comes out of first corinthians 15 is the centrality of the resurrection where basically paul says if the resurrection hadn't happened then it's all worthless it's it's not our faith is worthless so later in chapter 15 starting at verse 12 but tell me this since we preach that christ rose from the dead why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. Hmm. And we apostles would be lying about God. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. So this really is, this is the corner, the resurrection is the cornerstone. And I like what, uh, theologian Craig Hazen has said in his, some of his talks about comparing religions. He says, start with Christianity because there is, it's testable. Hmm. You can test the core, the cornerstone of the faith by looking at the resurrection. Is it true? Did it actually happen? Uh, other faiths are, you know, rely on maybe personal feeling or more aspects of faith um, and different accounts that maybe are harder to test or have different criteria. Um, so, I agree with that. Like this is the start with the resurrection. And if it's not true, then as Paul says, as the Bible says, <laughs> then our faith is worthless. So I think there's a couple of different things to pull from that important chapter. The other thing I wanted to discuss to reason to believe in the resurrection, we, it's called the minimal facts hmm. uh, case uh, for the resurrection. And as I mentioned there's been a lot of ink and words spilled and said about the resurrection, but of all sides. So critics who would say, no, this is made up. It's fanciful. It hasn't happened uh, to scholars who agree that the evidence is strong that it did. But the, the minimal facts case rests upon 
near unanimous scholarly agreement from skeptics, hmm. ardent skeptics to believers alike. And there's, I think, three of them. Mike Lycona makes this outline in his uh, what's 700-page book, uh, The Resurrection of Jesus, A New Historiographical Approach. <laughs> he outlines them as the first, Jesus died by crucifixion, so there's universal, near universal agreement. We're talking hmm. like you know 95% and above among scholars that Jesus died by crucifixion. The second, very shortly after Jesus' death, the disciples had experiences that led them to believe and proclaim that Jesus had been resurrected and had appeared to them. The third, within a few years after Jesus' death, Paul converted after experiencing what he interpreted as a post-resurrection appearance of Jesus to him. Hmm. So from there, you can kind of build around. Hmm. Uh, Another scholar, Gary Habermas, is uh, kind of a New Testament scholar and resurrection expert. And he adds two others to his minimal case, which Mike Lacona differs with, and he makes a pretty convincing case, I think. But he talks about the conversion of uh, Jesus's brother, James, who scriptures indicate didn't believe until after the resurrection, um, and then the empty tomb. Hmm. And it sounds like two-thirds plus scholars agree on those things, but there's like more disagreements. It's not as solid as the three I'd read, but... Um, I like that the minimal facts yeah and history in general right I mean this long ago right when we toured we went on uh, a vacation to Rome a few years ago just being able to verify certain things that far back is difficult right and I think if you're gonna be skeptical of gospel accounts so Matthew Mark and mm-hmm. Luke and then John uh based on say textual criticism or availability of manuscripts then you need to be critical of like other things written around that time you know plato's writings uh other roman histories um right even uh, right the oldest manuscripts of plato's writing mm -hmm. are not as close to when plato was alive as right the manuscripts we have are to when jesus was alive. hundreds of years after the earliest manuscript we have that we know of so far is uh, it's called the John Rylands papyrus, the Rylands papyrus dated from around like one, 120 to 150 AD. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, less than a hundred years after Jesus's death and resurrection, but, you know, and, and packing uh, number two of this minimal facts case, the disciples had experiences that led them to believe and proclaim that Jesus had been re- resurrected and appeared to them a lot to unpack there, but like what caused mm. this group of people, it wasn't just mm. one person to say, our Lord died. We all saw him die. And then we all experienced him in bodily form walking around. And this is why we're telling you. So like, what causes a group of people to believe that? And you can go through all the different theories. And I think and there are convincing cases and like why they wouldn't match with the historical record as laid out in the gospels. And I think just uh, on that point, uh, we had a really great sermon at church that we'll link to in the show notes about um, how the belief in Jesus would not, and his death and resurrection, would not have been some popular rallying cry of kind of a warrior that everyone was getting behind. Um, You know, last Sunday we celebrate Palm Sunday, and uh, in the Bible, this is when 
in Jerusalem, everyone is there. The Jews are welcoming Jesus and they're waving palm fronds and they're saying Hosanna, which is uh, kind of a form of saying it's our savior. He's come. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because they think that he is coming to save them from the Romans, from their oppressors and right. coming to raise them up as a nation again, based on you know the prophecies that they have from um, the book of Daniel and others. Mm-hmm. They say, this is it. This is our guy. He's going to liberate us here politically. And we're going to be back on top again, like we were back with David. This is our, our time. And then, you know, a week later, they say, you know, the same crowds and mm-hmm. are saying, crucify him, crucify right. him. Um, so I think to your, your point, it, it wouldn't have been a big popular movement. So what would cause these people who watched their leader be crucified, yeah. um, rally to go around the globe. I mean, very soon after they kind of made it all the way over into what's now Europe. Um, spreading the gospel and even they say India and you know up into Turkey modern day Turkey um so what what caused this group of people to go spread this news Um, if it was just a guy who died on a cross but did not raise again that would be very unlikely right because all those people claim that he did and it's his followers and even former skeptics so Paul that number three in the minimal facts case he was an outright antagonist and persecutor of Christians Mm -hmm. but then turned into, you know, what most of the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament are his writings. Mm -hmm. Ah, But there's so much out there. Encourage you to read more, learn more. We're happy to talk about it too. Yeah. This is just the briefest of touch. So briefest of summaries. Use Easter weekend to think about the resurrection. Yep. Tell us fun facts that you know. Let us know why you think we're wrong, if that's your opinion on this. And Yeah. yeah. So we'll move on to everyone's favorite segment, Thinkers and Stinkers. Is it everyone's favorite? I don't know. A lot of people are telling us they like it. (laughs) Maybe they're just being nice. (laughs) Purportedly everyone's favorite. (laughs) It kind of stresses us out every week to think of it, to be honest. (laughs) But it's good. It makes us think about what we're uh, ingesting in the media. (laughs) All right, Taylor, what is your stinker? What is my stinker? It is Ezra Klein's book, uh, why, are, why are we polarized? Why, why we're polarized? Are we polarized? Well, it was kind of disappointing. Uh, it was a good summary of a lot of political science research. I thought that it was, I, I wanted to love the book. I wanted to like the book more than I actually did. The The good thing about it is it has good historical awareness and context. But then his solutions at the end, I just, oof, they were I, <laughs> like, Ezra, these are just going to blow up in everyone's face. And make us more polarized. Problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was just, I was kind of annoyed at his writing tone as mm-hmm. well. And I was just, uh, yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like it. Like, I think I gave it three stars, but I was looking at two stars on Goodreads. I read it last year. I thought it was okay. All right. Um, my stinker, this is might be surprising to lady friends out there. Real Simple Magazine. Oh. <laughs> Especially this month's, epi- this month's uh, episode, <laughs> not episode, what was it called? Issue. Um, you know, I've just decided I don't, I don't want to be a minimalist. I want to be a maximalist. I want to make fancy cakes and put tchotchkes out. I don't want to simplify. 500 pillows on the couch. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't want to simplify. <laughs> Maximum pillows. Yeah. And you know what? I don't want 200 cleaning tips and how to clean like the trap of the dishwasher and all of that. I don't really want that. Uh, I don't want to read about that in my very limited free time. Dishwasher trap, right? Well, I don't. I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking sure, about sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's Amen. not. That's yeah. not what brings me joy. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> that's my stinker. All right, thinkers of the week. Okay. Well, you've already made fun of me for mine, <laughs> which is Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> You guys, Taylor had Batman the other week and Justice League. I said his thinkers have been like the thinkers of 13-year-old boys. Oh, brother. Or <laughs> just wonderful pieces of media. It's just a visual feast, this movie. <laughs> and culmination. Of, well, I guess it's it's continuation, not culmination, hopefully. Hopefully we'll have Godzilla movies until the earth ends and Christ's return. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. It was... It was it was just it was un, it was unserious and it was fun. The visuals are amazing. There's lots of neon. Um, there's a great surprise. It was I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Lived up to your expectations. Yep. Uh, my thinker is the movie White Tiger that we watched together. What was that on? Was it? It's a Netflix Netflix film. film. It was very good. It was super engaging visually and emotionally. Um, we stayed up too late watching it. We did. We couldn't stop. Um, I particularly liked it because I spent some time in India. And so um, kind of reliving just I, I can almost smell it and feel the streets of mm. India. Um, and was like, yeah, there were monkeys running everywhere in the streets when we were there. And um I just really, yeah, it, I find the culture so interesting and it was commentary on the kind of lingering caste system and all of the social ills that that causes and um, the storytelling was just really good. So highly recommend. It was good. Oscar nominee for best adapted screenplay. Yes. If that matters. <laughs> here I am. I, this is like my award shows are my stinker yeah. of the past and here I am talking about it. See, it's, yeah, they're still bad. <laughs> but go watch the movie yeah it's a great movie <laughs> all right well that wraps us up thinkers and stinkers and everyone have a great easter weekend happy easter